0: I don't know if you remember last week, if you were here last week, I said, we have uh, our annual meeting last week after the second service, and you don't have to be a member to vote, but, but anybody can come um, to the meeting. And I said, in fact, it'd be a good thing, because like any time here, if you miss something, you miss a lot. If you miss a Sunday, you miss a lot. Well, if you were here at the meeting, you missed something. And so uh, I don't normally do this, but we'll repeat for those who miss the meeting. Um, this man here has been my friend and my... still is. I've got to make sure I say that correctly. <laughs> Today's message is about failure. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Mike and I have been... we have been friends, and we have been serving together um, for eight... is it 18 or 19? I can never 18 remember. Years. 18 years, and I just... whenever I think of, of what I do and worship, I think of Mike and a big part of what's happened here has been because of Mike. He has um, he has done more not just up front but behind the scenes than you could ever imagine. And I can't tell you how many people come up to me on a on a weekly basis and say, "I'm at Journey North Church because of Mike because of the music. They come here and they're scared, but they hear the music and they enjoy it and they end up sticking around. So um, we announced last week that uh, Mike has decided to retire and um, that doesn't mean he's going anywhere. He's still going to be at Journey our church, but he's going to be retiring from the the daily thing that he does here. Um, that doesn't have anything to do with CR. That's a whole separate issue. But um, uh, we, it's like... I, i'm happy for him, but it's kind of a bummer because i have never i've almost never been a senior pastor without Mike by me <laughs> you know it's just it's always been there but it's 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 it is exciting because it is a next step for him and God will do great things um continue to do great things for Mike. So we just kind of wanted to let you know that and um, I know he doesn't want me to say this and I'm just going to say it anyhow. I know you are always an encouragement to him. This church is one of the most encouraging places I've been at in my entire life. But um, Mike's going to, there's going to be a transition period of about three months and then we'll do something fun and big at the end of that. Um, But until that time he's going to be making sure everything happens here and making sure the transition is good. And so during that time, um, make sure that you say something to him. Let him know. And if you're one of those ones that are here because you came and the music helped you stick, make sure he knows that um, because it's a good thing to know. So I'd just like to say thank you. Um, it's been a great run, and I know it's not over. It's thank you. Thank you.
1: thank you so much it's hard for thank you it's hard for me to even he knows me huh <laughs> it's hard for me to say thank you because because you know what I really give the glory to God um, I wish I could say that I came up and I planned you know I planned all this music and I planned everything we do but you know what I don't you know um, uh, God God gave each person up here uh, a gift of music and a gift of servanthood and a gift of Creativity and and they all join together and make me look great and and you know what it's really what God is doing up here so um, I I just want to tell you um, I appreciate so much the opportunity to to be able to lead worship here and it's been the most amazing thing Tim he says buckle up you know and it's absolutely true it's been the most amazing thing I've ever done the privilege to see. God working in people's lives week in and week out it it absolutely changed my life and it changed me and and, um, I'm so grateful because to me it's the best thing I ever did in my life second to my wife and uh, (laughs) I remembered (laughs) you know so, you know what, and I've got to thank her, too, because her support, I couldn't have done this without her support. And so, you know what, just thank you all and, and praise God because, you know what, it's, it's his blessing and it's his, it's his leadership, and I, I really expect that it's going to go on, and, and he's going to continue to bless us. He brought all these talented people together for a reason. And so praise God, and let's see what he does now. So thank you.
0: Thank you. And now we have to change gears somehow. So I figured one of the best ways to change gears is um, our buddies, the skit guys. Actually, today is just the skit guy, um, only one of them. But it, it, this is a very important video. You do not want to miss the message of this video. So watch up on the screen. Hallelujah. What is going on in there? Oh man, you just missed the pyrotechnics. And the choreographed number by the choir, hashtag amazing. This has got to be the greatest thing that I've ever seen, (laughs) anyway. I mean, I'm on my third Kleenex, bro. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure they're going to put it on the Facebook page soon. What? Facebook? No, No! You know what? That is what's wrong with this church. The Facebook page? No, 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 I'm talking about the Facebook. I'm talking about the sheer fact that I've been coming to this church for years, for years. And the service times have always started the exact same time for years. And then all of a sudden, out of left field, they want to change that. Did they consult anybody? No, they did not. Did they stand up there and ask the congregation, Hey, congregation, what do you think about this? No, they did not. I didn't vote for this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to march in there, and I'm going to release the kraken on the pastor, and then I'm going to go find another church. Wait, 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 wait. What are you doing? What do you mean this time to stay like savings time? Stop the sermon! Everybody better call the fire department because I'm about to Stop dropping! And miss this? Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't want to be that guy, <laughs> all right? Next week, spring forward, that's the, that's the one where they suck an hour of our life away, and, and we have to set the clocks ahead. Um, so don't forget that, and here's what happens. Somebody, oh, look at this. What a nice picture. This won't open until it recognizes my face. It's got that <laughs> face thing, and it's saying, can you get somebody else to preach, I guess. <laughs> um, where was I? I have no idea where I was. What? No, there's something before that I was saying, and it's like, train has left the building. That's right. What will happen if you don't spring forward next week is if if the first service people are a little bit luckier in the spring. Because what will happen is they'll show up early for the second service, thinking they're coming to first service, and it's like they don't say anything. And we don't say anything, but we all know. The second service people who don't sit theirs ahead, you don't have a chance of being incognito when you're coming at the end of the service. We all know, and we will try not to laugh, <laughs> but I'm not guaranteeing anything. So next week, daylight saving time, set your clock ahead, spring forward, okay? Um, we're in a series about moving past your past, about getting past the past, and, and, and uh, I I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I don't know if anybody's enjoying it. Does, it, it was for me. I, need, it, I needed it. There were some things that God spoke to me through, and I got to say I'm extremely excited about today. I'm really excited about this message today. Um, it may there may be a few difficult spots in it for you, but I think it will be it will be very good. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because. Um, I don't want to cause anybody to lie in church because if I answered this, if I asked this question, every single one of you would have to raise your hand, bar none. We have all done things that we're not proud of, haven't we? We have all made those mistakes. We have all had those failures. Sometimes they're big and they're, they're still haunting us. Sometimes they're little things. Maybe it was decades ago. Maybe it was like, oh, I don't know, before you came to the service this morning. But we've all done those things that we're not proud of, things in the past. And, and we may know, like intellectually, we know that God has forgiven us. But we often have a pretty difficult time forgiving ourselves. Or forgetting about those things. Or putting those things and leaving them in the past. And it can be as many different things as there are people here today. Maybe, maybe you have a, a sexual past that's not the best. Not something you'd get up and share on Sunday morning. And you're dealing with that. And it's, 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 it's causing you to think differently about yourself. Maybe you're one of those ones that has one of those things in your life, one of those sins in your life, and you know that you're not supposed to do that. And so, I'm not going to do that. You turn around and you do it, and you feel, oh, you feel horrible about it, you feel guilty, you go to God and you say, I promise, I promise I won't do that again. And you turn around and do it again. And that thing in the past, that failure in the past, is causing you problems. Maybe it's just something that you said that you shouldn't have said. You said it to somebody, whether it was the words or it was the way you said it, but you said something and you know the damage that it caused, you know the hurt that it caused, and and you regret it. You've made these bad decisions, there's been failures, and, and maybe some of them are catching up with you. And what you're worried about is you're worried about people finding out because you have this thing built and if those come to light and they find out, they're not going to think the same about you. Maybe it's like a financial thing and, and you're kind of flirting with bankruptcy and in your head what you're thinking is, not as much about that, but if that happens, I fail. I have failed. Or it, you have a, a, a relationship that you or, or the other person there's been adultery committed. And, and you're trying to get beyond it, you're trying to get over it, you're trying to get past it, you're trying to get through it, you're trying to do whatever can be done, and it's, and it's not happening. The past is just not going away. Or maybe you're one of those ones who you wanted a good marriage, that was one of the things you wanted, and you ended up getting divorced. And you look at it, and, and you punish yourself and say, if I'd only tried harder if I'd have only done this, if I'd have only done that. Or maybe your kids didn't turn out quite the way that you thought they should turn out, and now you're kind of second-guessing things. Well, I, I must have done this wrong. I must have done that wrong, you know? And you're struggling with that in, in whatever way. I know for me, um, it's very easy for me to look back and remember that I did not measure up. I just did not measure up and what I felt like for years was a failure. And I listened to those people. I listened to those voices. And I didn't measure up. And it defined who I was. Here's what it says. David David struggled like King David. You know, the man after God's own heart. Um, ancestor of Jesus. He did some things that he was not proud of. And struggled with those things, but there was a number of the psalms that he wrote that that he pours his heart and life out to God. And if you're struggling with one of those, Psalm 38, good one to read today. Psalm 51 is another one, but in Psalm 38, David says this in verse 4. Maybe you can relate. My guilt has overwhelmed me. It's like a burden too heavy to bear. And there are those times when that happens to us. And you feel that guilt, you're thinking of those things you're not proud of and it becomes a burden that's just too heavy to bear. And maybe things had been going better in your life and you wanted good. You wanted to do the right thing. You know, we talk here about you always have somebody like, like um, Timothy had Paul. You always have that person that pulls you up and pulls you ahead and mentors you and helps you. And then you always have that person like the Timothy who you help and you, you mentor along and you've wanted to do that but you feel so unworthy because you keep thinking of the past. Or maybe you, you want that kind of marriage that you know you should have. You look at some people who you respect their marriages, you like what they have, and you say, I, I really want that. I want a good marriage. But down in your heart, you're thinking, but I don't deserve it because you're thinking of what's happened in the past. Or you, just, you, you see the life change that's happening at Journey in Our Church, and you say, I want to make a difference. I want to do something. To be a part of that, but then the thing that's playing in your head is, but look what I've done. After what I've done, that's not going to happen. Here's what you need to remember. Never, ever, ever forget this. Every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. Never, ever forget that. We're going to talk today about moving past a failure. And I don't know what yours is, you may have one in mind, a little one, you may have one huge one in mind, you may have like more than you care to think about at the moment. We're going to talk about how do we move past that. So if you're taking notes, here's number one, your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. I don't know what they are, but God does. And I do know that your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. You see, so many people that I meet, they live consumed by guilt. They know that what they've done in the past is wrong. They made some bad choices. They made some bad decisions. There's some things that they wouldn't want anybody to know about, maybe. And they live consumed by guilt, and they think that that's God making them feel guilty. You want to know something? Guilt is not from God. You need to know that. Guilt is not from God, it's from the enemy. And I know that because the result of guilt, when you are overwhelmed with guilt, it's like a burden too heavy to bear. That's what David said. You can't move on. What guilt does is it paralyzes us. We feel guilty and we don't go where we should go. We don't do what we should do. And it brings self-hatred. We feel that guilt. It overwhelms us. And we just keep thinking worse and worse about ourselves. That's not God. What God brings through the Holy Spirit is called conviction. It's way different than guilt. He brings conviction, and there's one purpose, and one purpose only for that. And it's not so that you'd feel guilty, and it's not so that you'd feel shame. Shame's another one. That Shame is not from God. (coughs) Conviction is from God. Because guilt and shame hold us back and keep us from doing the right thing. Conviction, the purpose of conviction, one purpose, to drive you to repentance. And I don't want you to think of that as some big theological, biblical word, repentance. It's just a word. And I was in Matamoros, Mexico on a mission trip. It was like 100 years ago, I think. It seems like it. I can't remember. But um, I remember being on a street. And on the street, there's two things about Mexico that were, were very cool to me that had to do with the street. One is there was Volkswagens everywhere because there was, there was a, a Volkswagen plant that they took all the molds from Germany and they were making brand new old Volkswagens. It was just cool. Anyhow, it has nothing to do with anything. We're driving down the street in our van and there's a sign and there's a place there where there's a break in the median where you could turn around. But by that was a sign and it had the big red circle It had the the thing that went like this with an arrow, and then it had the big red circle with the line through it. And we know what that means, right? You know what the sign said? No repentance. No U-turn. The sign said no repentance. That's what repentance means. It means I'm headed in this direction. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm counting on. And I know it's wrong and I make my U-turn, I turn from that, and I turn to Jesus. That's repentance. And so when, when the Spirit brings that conviction, He's bringing that conviction for the purpose of repentance so that we'll turn from that way that is going to continue to cause us grief. Just like those past failures, it's going to continue to cause us grief. Here's what 1 John 1.9 says. If, you, if there, There's... there's you should If you can memorize the Bible, do it most people can 't. I actually met a guy who had the New Testament memorized and was working on the old and it, it was mind blowing like I want that i don 't do it, but I want it. He said um, uh, in first John one one t- nine um, if, if if you can only memorize like six eight, ten verses and that 's all you 're ever going to get, this needs to be one of them First John one nine If we, we as in people who follow Jesus, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now I want you to take note. It says, If we confess, He's faithful and just, will forgive us our sins, purify us from all unrighteousness. There's no like little parentheses there that says except for that thing you did. It doesn't say that. It says all unrighteousness. What God wants to do is he wants to, he wants to erase that past. He wants to forgive that. He doesn't want you to live with that guilt and shame anymore. Whenever anybody sees a box up here, they always wonder, what's he up to now? Here's what he's up to now. How many of you know what this is? It's an etch-a-sketch. Otherwise known as an iPad for people from Ohio. <laughs> I can say that because I'm from Ohio. All right, that actually plays into the past. I, I told you my past. I felt like a failure. I felt worthless. I actually have on my shelf. I've told you this before. I have a sh- on my shelf. I have a Buckeye. Ohio is the Buckeye State. You know what a Buckeye is known as? A worthless nut. It's poison. You don't. You can't do anything with it except shooting your slingshot when you're a kid. I felt like a worthless nut for a long time. So this is my iPad from Ohio, and you've probably played with an Etch a Sketch. Somebody said, "Where did you get an Etch?" They still make them. They're not made. Another reason why it's an iPad from Ohio is because the company that made them was called Ohio Art. They don't make them anymore. I'm sure they're. I can't read that. It's too small. Um, you know how to work an Etch-A-Sketch. You use the left side, and it goes this way. You use the right side, and it goes up and down. So you can make squares. You can like, oh, turn this, and then I turn this, and it makes a square. And then you, some people say, and then when you do them both, you can make circles. They lie. You can make a circle. You never go the right way with it. And I tried to make something cool on here for you today, and I tried all week. I ended up looking it up on YouTube because that's what we do when we want to know how to do things. There's a girl, there's a lot of people that do this, but there's a girl who has actually quit her job and she's making a living doing, I I, I almost said iPad, Um, it's Ohio iPad, an Etch-A-Sketch art. And and you need to look it up, it's absolutely mind-blowing. But I want to show you one picture, I didn't do this, one picture that I found, look at this first picture here. That will never be on my Etch-A-Sketch, I can tell you that. But that's absolutely amazing, but I did one for you. Don't laugh, okay? Show the next one. See? See? Wow. I'm asking forgiveness now. I cheated. <laughs> There's an app for that on my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> and you can do any picture you want, and it makes it into an etch a sketch. No, I, I did make one, though. I did make one, though. Can you read what that says? Fail. Yeah. Fail. It says Fail. Now, I could have written on this my failures. I needed a bigger etch-a-sketch. I could have written your failures on here. But I'm just writing fail on here because that's what we feel like. That's what's in our past when we have that stuff in our past that's bringing the guilt and the shame and it's causing us not to live the way we know that we should live. It's holding us back. It's hurting. But here's the amazing thing about an Etch-A-Sketch. When you do this, what's on there now? Nothing. Nothing. Let me ask you this. What's on your Etch-A-Sketch? What's on the thing in your brain and in your heart that's causing you that guilt, that shame, that pain, that's causing you to not have the relationships today that you want because it keeps rearing in its ugly head, that's keeping you from having in the relationships that you do have what you should have, what's on your etch-a-sketch. Because God wants to do this with it. And He wants to wipe it clean. And if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's what He wants to do. So we understand intellectually God forgives us. So since God forgives you, why can't we forgive ourselves? We need to let it go. Because your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. Now, that's amazing that God can do that. That's not the coolest part. The coolest part, Jeremiah 31, 34 says this. I love this verse. God says this, For I will forgive their wickedness and I will, what? Remember their sins how, for how long? No. No, more. no more. Now, think about that for a minute. God created the universe. Everything in it. He knows everything. He's, he's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's the God of the universe. He chooses to limit his memory about my sin forever there will never we talk about uh, in relationships you know you can have you have fights all relationships have fights and, and I talked to a lot of the married couples that have fights and, and I had a guy come up and he said um, we had a fight last night my, my wife just got historical and I said what? you mean hysterical? he said no she got historical she kept bringing up the past <laughs> Did you know that God will never do that? We think he does. But he said, I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. God chooses somehow. I don't know how that works. It's like Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus knows everything. All throughout, the, the, you read the Gospels, and, and he knew what people were thinking. He knew what was happening. And Jesus is coming back for us someday. And you know who doesn't know when he's coming back? Jesus. It's like, how is that possible? I don't know. But I trust him. And when God says, go, he'll go. That's just like this. I don't know how God can forget my sins. To choose, he doesn't forget them. He chooses to remember them no more. And here's the thing your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. Doesn't matter what they are. Here's the second thing if you're taking notes, you are not what you have done. You are who God says you are. We sang about that all morning. You are not what you have done. You are who God says you are. Do you get that? You're not what you have done. It doesn't define you. Your identity isn't in that. You are the very product and the identity of what God has breathed over your very life. That's what defines you. That's incredible to me. You see, what happens is our enemy... Satan tries to get you to personalize your failure. Here's what that means. He tries to get you in that mindset where the things that you've done become who we see ourselves to be. So instead of, I've done bad things, where we're at is, I am bad. I've done bad things becomes, I am bad. I'm unlovable, I'm, I'm used goods, I'm a, I'm a failure, I'm unworthy, because that's what the enemy wants us to believe. You see, you are not what you did. You are who God says you are. That's why at CR, we don't say, hi, I'm Tim, and I'm an alcoholic, because your name's not Tim probably, but you would, we, don't, we don't do that. What we do is we say, hi, I'm Tim, and I'm a believer in Jesus. I am a child of God. Struggles with this, that, or the other thing. Whatever. But my identity is not in that thing. My identity is in Jesus. I'm a child of God, and I just struggle with those things. Do you see the difference? Because if all we ever say is, I'm this, I'm this, we're going to believe it, and it's going to limit us, and we are not what we did. We are who God says we are. 2 Corinthians five seventeen says it like this. What's the first word? Well, it's not up there. What's the first word? Anyone. Uh, that's not good enough. What's the first word? Anyone. anyone. Guess what? You're potentially one of the anyones. Because it says anyone who belongs to Christ. So if you don't belong to Christ, you're not one of the anyones yet. We're praying for you. We're pulling for you. You're just here to check out Jesus. We want to make him look good because he's done amazing things for us. And anyone who belongs to Christ, that means anyone who has said, I'm the failure, I understand, I've sinned, I have these issues, I understand that. But what Jesus says is he died on a cross for me. He was perfect. He never sinned. And he, and he, and he in that righteousness, took on sin to pay for it on the cross so that me, in my sin, can take on his righteousness. That's, it's called the great exchange. It's the best deal in the universe because you can't do anything to earn it. You can't pay for it. It's already been paid for. And you say, I don't understand all that, Jesus, but I, I, I know I'm a sinner, and I want to turn from that and turn to you. I want to stop having that be what defines me and I want you to define me. I want to have that relationship with you and I don't understand it all, but I'm in. I'm believing that. I'm turning my life over to you. I want to be changed. And what this verse says is anyone who's done that, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. You're not who you were. You're a new person. The old life, it's gone. And I like the way he says it. A new life has begun. It doesn't mean the old life's gone and the minute you do that, everything's fine. You don't make those mistakes anymore. You don't have failures anymore. You don't still struggle with that sin you struggled with for 30 years. None of that happens. That's not what it says. It says you, get, you are a new person. You get a new life. The old life's gone. The new life has begun. It starts. And the point is we want to keep doing that, going that direction until Jesus comes back for us or until we die. That's what we want to do. And the truth is when you're in Christ, when you belong to him, the past is gone. The old life is gone. In Jesus that's forgiven. And a new life has begun. You see failure failure is an event. It's never a person. Failure is not a person. It's an event. Just because you failed at something doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means, like everybody else, you failed at something. But we don't buy into the lie that we're a failure. I hear it all the time. You know, I'm an addict. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a divorcee. I'm a financial failure. How about starting the sentence with I'm a child of God? I'm forgiven. I have been made new. I am an overcomer. That's where we start. I have my phone, which is actually my Bible. But I've told you this on on the Notes app. You can pin things to the top. So I have four things pinned to the top because I look at them every single day. Every single day. One of them is this. this. This is the one I look at every single time before I come up here to preach. Psalm 19. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be Be acceptable. Be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's my prayer. Every single time I've ever gone up to speak, I say that. That's one of my four notes. But one of them is this, who I am in Christ. And I have to go over this because I was a failure. That's how I viewed myself until I realized that in Christ, I'm not who they said I was. I'm who he says I am. That doesn't mean I don't still struggle with that. So I have a hard copy of it in the back of my Bible. Printed out, and I have this here and I have under three headings I am accepted, I am secure and I am significant and I have the Bible verses to go along with it I am free from condemnation I am free from any condemnation brought against me I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins I am complete in Christ I have been bought with a price and I belong to God and when the enemy whispers those things in my ear you're this, you're this, you're this I say no I'm not Here's what I am, because I am who God says I am. You are not what you have done. You are who God says you are. And your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. You're not what the enemy says you are. You're not what other people say you are. You're not what you've done. You're what God says you are. And this last point, I pray that you can really take this point into your heart, internalize this. Number three, you can't change your past, but Jesus can change your future. You can't change the past, but Jesus can change the future, your future. You see, there are people who would say, I wanted it, I tried, maybe I did the wrong things, but my marriage is over. And, I, and I, my heart aches for you. I see the pain on your face. I see it in your life. My heart aches for you. But you can't change it. You can't change the past. Maybe for you, you made a, a difficult decision one time. You're pregnant and it was a bad circumstance and may, maybe you knew the truth. Maybe you didn't know the truth that every single person ever created was created in God's image and he loves them and they are incredibly valuable and special to him and maybe you didn't know that and you made a choice and your choice took the life of your unborn baby. You had an abortion and you are having a hard time getting past that. I can tell you my heart aches with you but you can't change it. You can't change the past. I can tell you that that child is in heaven and that if you have Jesus as your Savior, one day you'll meet. But you can't change the past. Maybe you or someone you know was molested. Horrible, horrible thing. I know way too many people that that's happened to. And my heart aches with you, but you can't change the past. You you can't change it. But, moving forward, the power of the risen Christ can be with you. Never, ever forget, every saint has a past, but every sinner has a future. I used to, when I was in youth ministry, I I wore t-shirts that had like Christian things on them. You know, sometimes they were like, parodies of you know pepsi or whatever and it just had all kinds of christian messages on it and i used to think this is the best job ever i get to wear a t-shirt with christian message on it for my job this is great but i had this one shirt i love this shirt it said when the devil reminds you of your past remind him of his future i've never forgot that you see we serve a good god a god with whom all things are possible And he's working in all things, even the bad things, to bring about good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's what it says. That's what God is doing. I love how Paul says it. He's writing to the the church at Philippi, the Philippians church he started, and he says this in Philippians 3, starting in verse 12. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. Paul, this is like super Christian Paul, you know, wrote half the New Testament amazing amazing person who followed Jesus and did incredible things for the kingdom knows he's not perfect he said I I haven't achieved all these things he says I haven't reached perfection already I know that but here's the important thing he says but I press on I press on and every one of us could say that first part I haven't achieved everything you know I haven't reached perfection but we also need to say but I press on I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. That's my goal in life. That's what I I want to do in life. Will I be perfect this side of heaven? No. Will I continue to press on, to strive for it? Yes, I will. My goal is kind of when I get to heaven and I see Jesus... My goal is that there won't be such a shock because I was so, so bad (laughs) that maybe I keep getting more like Jesus so it's not quite as big of a shock when I get to heaven. But he says, if Paul had to do it, I have to do it, and you have to do it, we press on because we still keep failing, he says. So verse 14, he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But he says, I focus on this one thing. And then he says two things. <laughs> I think that's funny. <laughs> he, he, they're kind of the same, but you'll, you'll get the drift. I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and, and, and tied intricately into that, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. That's what he has to do. That's what he had to focus on. He had quite a past to focus on. He killed Christians before he became one. I've known people who hated Christians. I haven't really known anybody who, that I know of has killed one. He killed many of them and was responsible for many more of their deaths. And he said, you know what? I am forgetting the past and I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. And he says it again then in verse 14. I press on. You know what that means? It's not easy. We have to continue To focus on that, forgetting the past, putting the past in the past, and looking forward to what lies ahead, we press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us, calling you. We press on to do that, and we do that by forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Journey North Church is a church that is full of stories of people whose past was filled with pain, whose past was filled with bad decisions and trouble and mistakes and failures. And we get to see God making something new. We get to see people forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, pressing on. And you know what? That's all of us. That's me. That's you. Jesus can do more through any of you Than you could ever imagine. Every single saint has a past, and every sinner has a future. So if the past is following you, forget it. When he says that, I forget the past, here's what that word actually means forgetting the past. It's not just, okay, I forgot it, because that's not how it works. Here's what it means to treat with thoughtless inattention, to banish from one's thoughts. To willfully neglect. To disregard on purpose. To leave intentionally behind. I'm making a choice to leave it behind. To cease remembering it. And I'm going to press on to do that because that's what we do with the labels from the past. That's what we do with the mistakes. That's what we do with the lies of the evil one. That's what we do with the sins of the past. We let it go. Jesus has forgiven you (coughs) because I'm telling you right now, you are not who others say you are. There is no sin you've committed too great for God's grace. And you can't change your past, but the power of the risen Lord Jesus Christ, He can and will change your future. I'd like to ask you to bow your heads as we close in prayer because I know there's a lot of you here that have a past that too often rears its ugly head and keeps you from doing the things that you know you could be doing that holds you back that stops you from doing the things you're supposed to do and I'm here to tell you today it doesn't matter how bad that is it doesn't matter what it is Jesus died for it and it's not beyond God's grace. And that thing does not define you. You are who God says you are. And, and maybe there's some of you that are listening to this. You haven't yet turned to Jesus. You're just checking the church thing out. You're just checking the religious thing out, the Jesus thing out. Today, that's him whispering in your ear saying, this is why I brought you here. This is what you need. You don't need more oomph. You don't need more trying. You need me, is what Jesus is saying. I can forgive your past and give you the power that you need to make it into the future that you want to make it into. Father, I know there's people that are listening to this right now that have not taken that first step yet. They're still evaluating those claims of Jesus. And this morning, maybe they're even hearing you whisper in their ears, this is what you're looking for. This is the freedom that you're looking for. And I pray, Father, that in simple faith, anybody who has not yet turned from their sin to Jesus would say, I don't understand it all, but I'm in. My answer today is yes. I believe that what Jesus did was for me. And so I give him as much as I understand today of who I am. And I'm placing my life in your hands, Jesus. I believe that you died for me, and I want to live for you. And we know, Father, that that when that happens they get a new life. The old life is gone and a new life begins. We thank you for that, Father. And Father, for those who have already stepped across that line from unbelief to belief, my prayer is that today we would would be able to see that that doesn't define us. None of that is beyond your grace. We are who you say we are. Thank you for forgiving us so that we could live that way. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand for the closing song. What's on your etch a sketch? God can and will forgive. There will be consequences. You may need to make amends. But it says in Romans 8 so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Proverbs 24 reminds us, for though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Because anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. If you've never experienced that new life, don't leave today without doing that. If you need questions answered, find somebody. Look for somebody with an I can help tag, one of the praise team, basically someone who's smiling. And don't leave here without coming to know Jesus because He can take care of that. You are who He says you are. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much that even while we were in the middle of our sin and rebellion, you died for us. You gave your life the righteous for the unrighteous. You exchanged your perfection for our sin so that we could exchange our sin for your perfection. That as we read, that we could stand before you with no condemnation that you just will choose to forget that. We ask, Father, that um, we would not live in the past, that we would be able to break free from the past, that we would be able to break free from those failures realizing who we are in Christ and not listen to the lies of the enemy any longer. Father, thank you for what you're doing in us and through us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.